Matthew chapter 18, verse 21. Matthew 18, 21. While you turn there, I, I, uh, I remember in school, before we could graduate eighth grade, uh, we had to be able to quote the preamble. And uh, did anybody have to quote the preamble to go on to another grade? Is that just uh, something we had to do for hillbillies in Missouri or something? I don't know. Does anybody know the preamble of the Constitution? <laughs> okay, well, then I'm going to read it to you today. The preamble kind of it sets the stage for the Constitution. It clearly communicates the intentions of the framers and the purpose of the document. The preamble is an introduction to the highest law of the land, and it's not the law. And uh, I remember many times they'll do little interviews asking people, what does 4th of July mean? And it's amazing how most people don't even know what it means today. And uh, they, a lot of them say it's time for family and so on. But uh, the preamble is, we the people of the United States, in order to form a more perfect union, establish justice, ensure domestic tranquility, provide for the common defense, promote the general welfare, and secure the blessings of liberty to ourselves and our posterity, do ordain and establish this Constitution for the United States of America. Independence Day is a federal holiday in the United States commemorating the Declaration of Independence, which was ratified by the Second uh, Continental Congress on July 4, 1776, establishing the United States of America. The Founding Fathers, the delegates of the Second Continental Congress, declared that the 13 colonies were no longer subject or subordinate to the monarch of Britain, King George III, and were now united, free, and independent states. The Congress voted to approve independence by passing the Lee Resolution on July 2nd and adopted the Declaration of Independence two days later. Independence Day is commonly associated with fireworks, parades, barbecues, carnivals, fairs, picnics, concerts, baseball games, family reunions, political speeches, and ceremonies in addition to various other uh, public and private events. Wikipedia. Congress debated and revised the wording of the Declaration, removing Jefferson's vigorous denunciation of King George III for importing slave trade. I thought that was interesting information. Finally approving it two days later on July 4th, a day earlier, John Adams wrote to his wife, Abigail. Real brief here. The second day of July 1776 will be the most memorable epic in the history of America. I am not apt to believe that it will be celebrated by succeeding generations as the great anniversary festival. It ought to be commemorated as a day of deliverance by solemn acts of devotion to God Almighty. It ought to be solemnized with a prompt and parade with shows, games, sports, guns, bells, bonfires, and illuminations from one end of the continent to the other. From this time forward forevermore. Of course, we know it, it, it happened two days later instead of on the second. But... Um, and I guess we can't bring our guns to this one either, by the way. It's not that kind of celebration. But um, Well, so, so in, in this message, you know, I, most of the time, for me anyhow, I, I get a message, no one is supposed to preach. This has been a little bit of a struggle for me. I don't know, maybe because I didn't want to preach it. I, I don't know. Maybe I wanted to preach something different. Um, it's, been a, it's been one of those weeks where, you know, I, I've been physically down all week. And I woke up this morning feeling good. So I was like, hallelujah. <laughs> Praise the Lord. And it's been all those weeks where you have problems here, problems there, and even health and all this other stuff. So the Lord must want to minister this to us today. And I know Pastor Lee's been ministering on the church, and I, I really believe this kind of goes along with it. It's about unforgiveness as we read this passage. Matthew chapter 18, verse 21 says, Then came Peter to him and said, Lord, how oft shall my brother sin against me, and I forgive him till seven times? Jesus saith unto him, I say not unto thee 
until seven times, but until 70 times seven. Familiar parable. Y'all know the story. Therefore, is the kingdom of heaven likened to a certain king which would take account of his servants. And when he had begun to reckon, one was brought unto him which owed him 10,000 talents. As I read that, it's probably equal to maybe a million dollars today, um, maybe more. So he owed him a lot, really more than he could ever pay. But so as much as he had not to pay, his Lord commanded him to be sold and his wife and children and all that he had payment to be made. The servants therefore fell down and worshipped him, saying, Lord, have patience with me and I will pay thee all. Then the Lord of that servant was moved with compassion and loosed him and forgave him the debt. But the same servant went out and found one of his fellow servants, which owed him a hundred pence, which is, you know, about, about a, maybe a couple hundred dollars in today's economy. And he laid hands on him and he took him by the throat, saying, pay me that thou owest. And his fellow servant fell down at his feet and besought him, saying, have patience with me and I will pay thee all. And he would not, but went and cast him into prison till he should pay the debt. And when, the, when his fellow servants saw what was done, they were very sorry and came and told unto their Lord all that was done. Then his Lord, after that he had called him, said unto him, O thou wicked servant, I forgave thee all that debt because thou desirest me. Shouldest not thou also had compassion on thy fellow servant, even as I had pity on thee? And his Lord was wroth and delivered him to the tormentors till he should pay all that was due unto him. So likewise shall my heavenly Father do also unto you, if you from your hearts forgive not everyone his brother their trespasses. And unforgiveness, to me, is kind of a tough subject for many people because they feel that perhaps what has been done to them, or even to the people maybe they love, is unforgivable. And I, I always think of the, the book, Corey Ten Boone, or even Tortured for Christ, and I, as I read that, and I, I see how these people would forgive, and I know it's a supernatural thing that, that God really has to do within us, really not possible on our own accord, in our own flesh, to really forgive. It's something, it's a work of grace in our life. And I know as I read it, when you read about Corey Ten Boone and how she was able to forgive these people who were so brutally abusive to her and to the people she loved, and yet she was able from her heart to forgive these people is astounding. And I, I guess it brings a little conviction. Even Tortured for Christ. Anybody read that book, Tortured for Christ? And you know how he was able to forgive these people that, that, that seemed as though they hated him and abused him so fiercely. But, you know, we can be free from vengeance and anger and unforgiveness. And, and, and maybe our situation is not as bad. Maybe we've gone through things that we struggle with forgiving and but, you know, for whatever case, whatever level of that is still, it's still real to us. It's still something that's for us and where we're dealing with. And I, maybe you say, I, I can forgive them, but I don't have to like them. And, uh, and, and, and perhaps maybe that someone's been abusive to you. Obviously, God's not calling you to hang with them either, you know, if, if they've been abusive. But from your heart, you have to forgive them. And maybe God's not calling you really even to, quote, unquote, like them if they've been abusers in your life. But we must forgive. Amen? Why is unforgiveness so serious? I, I think this was prompt. I was talking to some people in the church, and they were, they were dealing with something of unforgiveness. And, they, they, and I was saying, how, I said, you know, unforgiveness is such a serious sin. And they're like, well, how can it be that much more serious? The Bible talks about other things serious. And I, I guess I began to think that 
forgiveness is the foundation, is a foundation of Christianity. How can we live in forgiveness as the story has told and not forgive? And so uh, it talks a lot about uh, different things, but it says truly from the heart, not words or thought. Now, I've not been through close what I've heard testimonies of even people in this church and others in the sense of having to forgive. But again, I've been through some things on my own and God's had to bring me through and continues to bring me through in those areas of forgiveness. And, and we must all forgive on our own level of mistreatment. Not easy, but necessary. And let me just say possible to forgive. Possible to not just forgive with your mouth, but to live in a place of forgiveness. Because Christ lives in us. Amen? You know, I, I, I grew up and, father, you know, I've told you that my dad was a drunk and he was verbally abusive. Maybe he was physically abusive. You know, he would use a switch and he'd make her legs bleed. <laughs> we thought it was discipline. Today it would probably be abuse. But, um, and they were very small crimes, in, in my opinion, at the time. Not in his, obviously. But, but you know, he, he, was, he was a big humiliator. He would humiliate. And I don't know if anybody's been around drunks, but they're just, they're hard to deal with, you know. They're unpredictable. You never know when you go in the house if they're going to be nice or kind or mean or whatever. And so, and they're all about themselves. Anybody who's addicted to anything, they're, they're, they're very self-absorbed. It's all about them. They really don't care about you. It's all about them. And so that makes it difficult as a child growing up in that. And I, I can remember I, I always worked so hard because the family didn't have money. I always work and help and, and all these things. And I, I remember buying this little car. It was a 1976 Chevy Vega. <laughs> Amazing, I can remember that, but I can't remember stuff from yesterday. But, uh, but anyhow, it was uh, it didn't run, and so we bought it. And I, the, the, they take it over dirt road, and it wouldn't shift. And we just bent the pan out, and and it ran. And I think I was 14 years old, and maybe yeah, I was 14, and I couldn't really drive it, but I drove it in the field. And uh, I remember one day I come home from school, and it was gone. And my dad had sold it for $900, and he said, "Joe, I'll get you the money." But did he get me the money? No. He didn't give me the money. And I go on and on and on with stories like that. How that, you know, you have to forgive from your heart when you're done wrong over and over and over again. Even, even, in, even in business, you know, I, I hired a guy back years ago. He came off the streets in New Orleans. He was a drug addict. He was a thief. He was a shoplifter. His mom was a prostitute. He gave his heart to the Lord. He started working for me. And I taught him everything he knew in the business. He didn't know nothing. He, he, and I paid him more than he's worth, and I worked with him for 10 years. And then one day I had to lay him off. And, and it was, you know, when you deal with people from that background, they're not easy to deal with, you know. And so, so you know, we laid him off because we had lost half the business. And he went and he stole half the other business from me. Went on his own and took other half of my business. So, you know, when people do you that way, it's that's not a good feeling, is it? You got those anger that comes out in you. And so... I called him and he met with me and he said, you know, there's, 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 there's plenty of business to share. I said, well, true, then find your own business. Don't take mine, you know. So he goes, what do you want me to do? He goes, I got a family and kids. You want me to go back doing drugs? I said, how about trusting in God, you know. But anyhow, I had to forgive him from the heart. I had to really pray through that. I had to work through that and not carry that, 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 that feelings of unforgiveness and hatred and, you know. And so... I don't know how many, four or five years later, he called me from jail. And he wanted me to bail him out. And I did. I bailed him out. He wanted me to give him some work. I gave him some work. 
So to me, God was testing me to say, have you really forgiven him from your heart? You know, God will do that in your life. If you're dealing with some unforgiveness, if you really forgive somebody, he's going to test that in you to say, have you really forgiven them? Now, how it relates to the church, it just seems like in the church, people sense their, their feelings are always on the edge. I don't know why that is. It just seems like maybe because we're sensitive people. We're sensitive to God. I don't know. But it seems like that, that people can be so easily offended. You know, my years of pastoring, people didn't leave the church over doctrinal issues. They didn't leave the church over. You know why they left the church? Someone offended them. They were offended with something. And if you look at this chapter, first part of it, it talks about offenses. And it says, uh, woe unto the world because of offenses. It must needs to be that offenses come. I don't like offenses, do you? <laughs> but they're going to come. And then it even says it later on. It talks about, if thy brother shall trespass against thee. Talking about trespass. It's not talking about the world offending thee. I think that's what's hard for me at times. I, somehow I can deal with the world offending me. I can deal with them doing me wrong. Come on. But it's hard because it seems to be the people I'm closest to sometimes. It seems to be family or it seems to be church family. Now, for, for, for many of us, the church family is my real family, you know? And so it's difficult when you, you, you love and, and you feel like they don't maybe love back or maybe they're offensive or, or whatever the case. And, you know, there's many stories I could go on with you about of who's involved 13 years in an abusive church. So abusive, extremely abusive. And so sometimes when that person's name comes up, I have to say, Lord, I love them and I forgive them. You know, from the heart, I have to forgive them. And, and so I just want to talk just a few little golden nuggets maybe from the word here in this passage. But I believe the Lord wants to bring healing through his word to maybe those of us who struggle with unforgiveness. And maybe it's a different levels. You know, some people's level, maybe it's a deep angered unforgiveness. Or maybe, maybe it's just an irritated unforgiveness. Maybe it's a bitterness that goes deep. I believe there's people that they live in such bitterness it causes them bad health because they're bitter. I know when I do door-to-door sales, I would, if I knocked on a door and very conservative people, that's okay, they can be conservative. But I remember sometimes, like I remember the man and woman, when they talked, they could hardly open their mouth and you could just tell they were bitter about everything. They were bitter about life. And, and then they had health problems. But just just briefly, I just want to talk about, you know, as I talked about this, we kind of been in a struggle and different things happen and different offenses taking place. And I don't know, maybe not like me, but I sometimes I read way in too much to stuff. How about you? Does anybody do that besides me? And then that stupid thing, it rehearses in my mind. Did I say that? I can't believe that, how that was taken, this and that. And so sometimes the devil will take that and he will explode it in my mind. Come on, am I just alone here in this? Anybody with me on this? So... So then I, this week I was like struggle with something. I'm like, oh, what an idiot, Joe. Why did you do that? Why did you say that? Uh, my mouth opens a lot. You know, the more you open your mouth, the more chances you have of saying something that offends somebody. You know, a fool, is considered, a fool who is silent is considered wise. <laughs> but one opens up his mouth and removes all doubt or something like that. But let me, so as I was praying, I was like, Lord, give me good, give me proper thinking. Give me proper perspective. 
you know, what I feel is real, but it's probably not right, you know. You ever read about Samson? Everything he did was by feelings, you know. You did this to me. I'm going to do it to you, you know. <laughs> Look where that got him. Got his eyes gouged out. And I don't want to be, I don't want to live by feelings like Samson. I want to live by faith, amen. I want to live in forgiveness. And so as I was praying, I, you know, I, and I, I couldn't remember what Philippians chapter 2 was about. I just was praying. I just thought the Lord said, Philippians chapter 2. And I said, Lord, what? So I, I looked it up and let me just, uh, I, I'm a King James guy, but I had looked it up in the, uh, in this CSV Christian Standard Bible. I, just, I love this little version for, you, you can just listen if you don't have it. If you have it on your phone, it's the CSV. And verse 1 says, If then there is any encouragement in Christ, if any constellation of love, if any fellowship with the Spirit, if any affection and mercy, make my joy complete by thinking the same way. When I read that, I go, What? Thinking, I just was praying, Lord, help my thinking. And I scrolled this up and it says, by thinking the same way, having the same love, united in spirit, intent on one purpose. And then the third verse, basically, God said, Joe, you're just selfish. That's your problem here. It's not, it's not all about you. My mommy said, Joe, you think the sun has, rises and shines just on you? <laughs> That's what she tells me sometimes. I said, yeah, pretty much. Do nothing out of selfish ambition. Or conceit, but in humility, consider others as more important than yourselves. Everyone should look not only on his own interests, but also for the interest of others. Well, what a glorious church that would be if we really lived by that. Can you imagine? What a, what a great, what a great family, what a great husband, a great wife, a great, a great marriage you would have if we really lived like that. Amen. Adopt the same attitude that same Lord help my my attitude <laughs> adopt the same attitude as that of Christ Jesus, who existing in the form of God did not consider equality with God as something to be exploited. Instead, he emptied himself by assuming the form of a servant, taking on the likeness of humanity. And when he had come as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even the death on the cross. And Kind of, I guess the little first golden nugget as I read this in 821 and 22 is, is, is humility. So I was thinking, you can't offend a dead man, can you? They're dead. They can't offend them. If, if old things are passed away, all the things have become new, that old man is dead. It's no longer I that liveth, but it's Christ that liveth in me. I am in him and he is in me. So, so if I'm dead, then it's hard to fence. You know, it's hard to fence someone who is lowly. If you tell someone they're worthless, no good, rotten scoundrel, and they feel they're worse than that, they're going to say, oh, no, I'm much worse than that. You don't offend them, do you? Because they are, they are not exalted in themselves. So humility says, then came Peter to him and said, Lord, how often shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him? Seven times, probably seven times a day. How many people have ever had someone offend them seven times in the Sunday, same day? Anybody? Okay, well, a few of you have. Okay. How about seven times, 77 times in a day? <laughs> and and, the, and the, it's not about counting. Obviously, you'd miss the point if you counted, you know. The, the, obviously, the point is that endless forgiveness. How could that even be possible? You offend me one time, and I'm going to obsess over it for weeks. 
Okay, I'm confessing. Confess your faults one to another. Pray for one another that you may be healed. Jesus said unto him, I say not until seven times, but until 70 times seven. So there's many levels of unforgiveness, but seven times 70? Humble thyself in the sight of the Lord, and he shall lift thee up. I don't know why I never really saw this. As I, I remember that scripture, and I always focus on humble, humble thyself. Who knows if you study it, but it says humble thyself. But for some reason, I never saw the second part. Where does he, he say to humble yourself at? In the sight of the Lord. I don't know why. I, I, never, I never really understood it. In the sight of the Lord. When you're in his presence, you realize how insignificant you really are. When you, when, you, when you realize how great and wonderful and awesome he is. And, you know, I remember years ago where it says, is, is anything too hard for God? Really, that scripture says there's, there's nothing hard for God. Because Jesus even said, what is easy to do? Rise up and walk and be healed or thy sins forgiven thee. To, to God, he said, it's all the same to him. There's nothing hard for him. And so is it, it, he's so awesome and incredible and good and there's nothing hard. He can, he can work his grace in your heart in such a way that you can walk in true forgiveness every day of your life. You can walk in a place that says, I don't have to be offended about everything and anything. And I can forgive from the heart. Ephesians 4, 1 says, Therefore the prisoner of the Lord beseech you that ye walk worthy of the vocation wherewith ye are called with all lowliness and meekness, with long-suffering, forbearing one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. You know, where your, where your heart is, there will your treasure be also. Where your treasure is, there will your heart be. Uh, you know, what... what, what where are you at? Where's your passions? Where's your love? And I, I think of this, that as we strive, as we work, as we draw closer to him, and he works these things in our heart and life. And Ephesians, look, let's just turn over. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 32. Turn with me there. Chapter 4, verse 32. And be ye kind one to another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. Five one says, "Be therefore followers of God as dear children, and walk in love, as Christ also have loved us and have given Himself for us, an offering and a sacrifice of God for a sweet smell and savor." You know what? What an incredible passage of Scripture! And when I read that, I say, God. Maybe I make it a prayer. I say, God, you ever read the word sometimes? And sometimes I say, God, make that true in my life. Sometimes we sing songs in here, and I'm like, you know what? I'm just really not there. <laughs> so sometimes when we sing the songs, I have trouble. I say, Lord, make that true in my life. Amen. When I sing it. Lord, I'm going to sing this by faith. This is where I'm at by faith. So a lot of unforgiveness comes from pride and it is hard to offend when it's no longer I that liveth, but when it's Christ that liveth in me. And the second, the second golden nugget of truth here is, is in 23 through 27. It says, um, let's, let's go back to uh, Matthew here. Matthew chapter 18, verse 23. 
Therefore is the kingdom of heaven likened to a certain king which would take account of his servants when he had... Am I, am I in the... For as much as he had not paid, his Lord commanded him to be sold. And uh, the debt was really unpayable. And, I, and, I, and obviously the point here is that our debt is unpayable. There's no way you could ever in your life ever pay back the millions of dollars you owed. And so, you know, I, I know the focus is on the man that owed, but I often thought about the man who forgave. You know, this man owed him a million dollars. Has anybody ever owed you money and not paid you? This man owed him a million dollars. And he, he said, I, I, I forgive you. You don't have to pay me. And I've, I've loaned a sufficient amount of money to people. And then when they didn't pay me back, it was so upset. So I, I try now to not loan. I just give it to them if it's reasonable. It's easier that way, you know. <laughs> Who knows what I'm talking about, you know. Used to loan stuff to people and they'd come back broken. Now I was so upset. Now he said, I'll just give it to you and I'll buy another one if, it's, if I can at all. I would, that seems to be better. Then I don't have to worry about it coming back broken. Um. Who has never sinned in word or deed? Who has never failed? Who has never said? You know, some people get so mad when someone says, they said a crossword about me. They gossiped about me. Oh, have you never gossiped? Have you never said something? Have you, you know, I, I was teaching at the men's Bible study at, at uh, Hunt, and I had did something, and I, I told him about it, and, and, uh, they were like all concerned for me, praying for me. You know, I did something wrong. And, uh, and, and they were all concerned, praying for me. And I, and I told them, I said, well, I just told you the lesser sins in my life, you know. But, uh, you know, have we, never done, have we never got angry at someone and said stuff we shouldn't? Have we ever offended someone in our life? See, it's quiet in here. See, I wanted to preach something a little more, you know. But he fell down and he worshipped him, it says. Why, why, why did he fall down? Because his heart was so great. Pastor Lee was preaching about, about they that have forgiven much, what do they do? They love much. And, and I think it even applies in here. Those that have been forgiven much should forgive much. That's what he's saying here. They should forgive much because they have been forgiven much. And I think if we don't forgive, we don't realize how far we have fallen. We don't realize how corrupt we really are. We don't realize what terrible, worthless creatures we really are. That there's really nothing good in us. And how dare us not forgive. I believe there's two parts to forgive. There's a part that says, I choose to forgive. And then there's a part where the Holy Spirit works in you to forgive. But I believe you have to surrender that and say, Lord, I choose to forgive. We deserve hell. We deserve the grave. We deserve e- eternal damnation and punishment forever and ever and ever. That's what we deserve. But God has given us grace. He's given us forgiveness. And, and, and maybe sometimes God has to, through words like this, Maybe there's something deep down and you didn't even realize it. And God's stirring it up right now saying, you know what? I've been carrying that thing and I need to lay it down at the altar. It's a serious thing. 
He says in uh, the last part of this, So likewise shall my heavenly Father do also unto you, if you from your hearts forgive not everyone his brother their trespasses. Let me just do this third golden nugget here. Let's turn to Matthew chapter 6, and it's, it's our prayer. Matthew chapter 6, the Lord's Prayer, verse 9. He says, After this manner, therefore pray ye, Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors, as we forgive our debtors, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. It's interesting that he follows up with that. Of, of, of all these different things, he talked about his kingdom come. He talked about giving us our daily bread. He talked to here about, about hallowing his name. He talked about uh, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. But he doesn't even follow. What, what's he follow up with here? For if ye forgive men their trespasses... Your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if ye forgive not men their trespasses, what's he say? Neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. Very serious, isn't it? So the Lord's instruction on prayer, Mark eleven twenty five, 25, says, When you stand praying, forgive if you have aught against any, that your Father also, which is in heaven, may forgive you your trespasses. But if ye do not forgive, neither will your Father which is in heaven forgive your trespasses. Romans 12, 17 says, Recompense to no man evil for evil, but provide things honest in the sight of all men. If it, is, if it be possible, as much as lieth in you, live peaceably with all men. Doesn't that start with forgiveness? Dearly beloved, avenge not yourself, but rather what? Give place unto wrath. What it says. I'm not saying this. He's saying it. For it is written, vengeance is mine. I will repay, saith the Lord. Listen, I've seen that in my own life. I've watched God do things. I didn't, I didn't ask that. I didn't pray that. I never even thought. I didn't desire it. I, I, I remember when I was pastor and I had all these people coming against me. Standing in my face, yelling and screaming at me and you know, and I do a lot of things wrong, and I'm sure I didn't handle everything right there, but I, but I really was doing nothing wrong. Not, not to deserve all this attacks and people getting together and coming against you and all these problems. And district comes in and says, I need to leave, and we left the church, and Luella always says, with a spaghetti dinner. <laughs> and uh, she was pregnant with Joey. No job, no insurance. He came prematurely, you know, and you go through all those things, and you have to forgive all those people. The man that come against me the most, I thought was my best of friends. Mr. Six Foot Four Policeman, get in my face, scream in the top of his lungs at me. And I had to forgive him. I left the church. Six months later, he died of a heart attack in his yard. The other man that come against me a year later, he died of a heart attack. Lady come against me, she, a man coming, he went totally blind within a year. You know, that I'm, uh, God's merciful and kind. I'm not trying to say that. I'm just saying that stuff is real. God will take care of things, and he will deal with them in his way. And we should never desire that or pray that. That's God that does things. And that's how he can, he can fight for you. He's big enough to fight for you. 
Let, let, let him repay. That ye may be the children of your Father which is in heaven, for he maketh his son to rise on the evil and on the good, and sendeth rain on the just and on the unjust. For if you love them which love you, what reward have you? Do not even the publicans the same? And if you salute your brethren only, what, what do you more do than others? Do not even the publicans do so? But ye therefore perfect, be ye therefore perfect, even as your Father which is in heaven, which is perfect. To love those that don't love you, to pray for those, you know, and of course we're not talking about praying that they step out in front of a Mack bus or something, you know, you know, you may feel like that when you pray for them. Not talking about praying that, that God strike them dead. <laughs> He's not talking about that. He's talking about pray God's mercy upon them as much mercy as you've received. That's how we should pray. And, and, you know, and God forces me to pray for these abusers in my life. I have to pray for them. And sometimes something will happen and that will stir up. And I have to say, Lord, bless them, save them, measure them, change them, change me, change my heart, deal with me. You maybe you haven't seen somebody that's really did you wrong. If you met them in the store, have your heart really forgiven them? Let those things stir up in you know, it. It says, pray for those who despitefully use you. Come on, we're not even we're not even abused in that way, usually when we get offended. It's usually not even that severe. Amen. This is this is a good word, amen. Pray good, not bad. I, I just wanna you know, I just wanna leave just a few minutes here. I wanna just open up these altars here and I just wanna give us a chance. You know, I remember years ago I I'd watched a show, and it was supposed to be a true documentary. Maybe you all saw it. It was years ago, when I, and it just it really affected me where that it, it showed this. It was, it was in a different country, I think, and it was the people telling the stories. that He was a pastor and his wife, and she did something. I don't know what. They didn't tell what she did, but she did something so bad. He, 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 she said, please, he, he, she asked him to forgive her. And he says, I will never forgive you. I cannot forgive you. Locked her out of the bedroom, made her sleep on the couch. I don't know how long this went on, but whatever, however long it went on, he, he got up to go wherever he was going in his car. And he was in a bad accident. And the ambulance came, and, and the man died. And he tells, you know, he tells the story of how he died. He went to heaven. And he talks about how heaven was beautiful, and he tells the stories of all these different things. And the angel was taking him around. And all of a sudden, the angel said, this is all nice, but this isn't where you're going. And he said, What? All of a sudden, they, they were down in darkness, and the, the guy hit his, the angel, and the, and the gates of hell split open. And he talks about how he goes, he goes this is really where you're supposed to go. But it's, God's, God's going to do something different, however he said it, for you. And, and he goes, why? I love God. I'm born again. I'm a preacher. And the angel said to him this scripture. He said, if you cannot forgive men their trespasses, neither will my heavenly Father forgive you your trespasses. And on the other end, it tells how the wife was praying and how that they, they actually took his body and put him in this place. And three, four hundred people showed up and they were praying for him. They were filming this thing. And he, he was embalmed. This is a crazy story. And the guy gets up after, I don't know, four or five days of being dead. It was an amazing story of how God raised him to life. But it was all about forgiveness. And uh, first thing he did when he got up, he went and knelt at his wife's knees and said, I forgive you. Please forgive me. You know, that's how it went. You know? But rightfully so. But I just remember how that affected me, that, Lord, I, I don't want to live a moment. I don't want to live a second 
something in my heart that's not right. 